Silence! Time for another episode of the Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast. Can you dig it, sucker? Grab a cinder scratch, sit back, and prepare to laugh. It's Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast. Podcast. Grab a cinder scratch, sit back, and prepare to laugh. It's Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast. Grab a cinder scratch, sit back, and prepare to laugh. It's Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast. Grab a cinder scratch, sit back, and prepare to laugh. It's Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to 396 of Drunk Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, always, I'm Tyler, and join me with the man, the myth, the legend himself, Sir Colonel Gables. What's up, buddy? That's how mm. good I'm feeling right now. I'll tell you what, man. It's like with every other bits of the craziness going on around the world during this week, I have been happy to not only keep on working, doing the things that I'm doing, but I've been so happy because I have been playing a lot of games on the PS4. Let me tell you. Mm. It's mostly having to do with Destiny 2-related stuff. So okay. when we get into what we've been playing and stuff, yeah, I'll definitely tell you a little bit of the, my two cents and stuff in regards to the expansion <laughs> that just came out not too long ago. But let me just say, for the whole elements of like Destiny 2 right now, it's like, today was a special day for some people because the first raids for the new expansion came out, and uh, it was a race to see who would complete it first. <laughs> and it took them, it took a, a squad, a fire team, around, I want to say three hours two and a half three hours to finish this raid to actually go through the process and uh doing what they needed to do in order to complete it <laughs> but uh that was a little fun fact because what bungie had been doing is like for the first team not only get like the world you get like recognized by bungie but for the all the ones that complete the raid by december 1st there are people that are going to be eligible to get jackets <laughs> nice that's cool but uh other things Man, other things that I've been doing, I've been keeping track of a lot of the sales of the PS5, the Xbox Series X on the second-hand market, because, like I was telling uh, Tyler, I believe it was last week, man, there are some crazy-ass, like, uh, sales going on in terms of scalpers and markups, and people literally selling PS5s and Xbox Series Xs and stuff for twice or three times initial worth. Hell, there's even news reports going on the past couple of days online that even, like, truck delivery drivers that are supposed to be delivering these systems, like PS5, the Xbox Series X, they are switching them. Absolutely switching them with other electronics. And to some extreme <laughs> cases, even cat food. Bags of cat food. Hey, you can't grow on cat food. Dude. And I'll tell you what, man. It, that, it's so messed up in general that truck drivers go into that extent, how they're that desperate in order to try to get not only a PS5, but more or less it's because, you know, get a little bit more funds to see how much the PS5 is going on places like eBay. And I kid you not, listeners, we got, like, we got people selling the PS5 and Xbox Series X on eBay. These consoles were, like, a thousand, maybe, like, a couple of thousand because people are so desperate to get the new systems. It's online only, which that means scalpers and their bots buying everything up, being complete jerks as usual, 
nothing new. It's the internet. Yeah. Uh-huh. But uh, other than that, though, it's like I've been more or less focused upon getting things all straight and ready to go. But yeah, that's pretty much what I've been doing for this week. How about you, Tyler? Uh, you know, it's been a pretty crazy week for me. Uh, I was already, I was telling you before the show. Uh, just uh, had to do a, had to travel this week. My first like I've done a lot of like trips for work, like past work jobs before, like uh, you know, going out of town and stuff like that, or going places. And uh, never had one where I kind of stay overnight, and then I had to go to the one this week that was four days. And uh, without going into too much details. Just a giant stressful clusterfuck from the moment from Monday, from the beginning of the day Monday, all the way through till I got back Thursday night. Uh, so that was a very long stressful uh, stretch of days for uh, you know had training out of town away from my my boy Louis, um, whom I miss very much. Um, but he did you know he was hanging out with my with my, uh, my family's house and they have a bunch of dogs so. He was definitely in good hands, but, uh, yeah, uh, just a long, stressful week, uh, pure exhaustion at this point. It literally took like five attempts to actually get the intro out, which I don't think has ever happened before. I think it's like (laughs) been a couple times where like, I took me like once I definitely, it's taken me, you know, I messed up once or twice, but never to that level. Uh, so that was interesting. Um, but yeah, uh, just, a. Very long, stressful week, you know. It's, it's Saturday night. I got Sunday off, so I'm very much looking forward to uh, having finally having a day off tomorrow. Uh, sitting around, I don't plan on leaving the house. Uh, the only time I want to go outside is to take Louie for a walk and let him go poop. And then uh, I'm just going to watch football. That's my plan. I'm going to get go. as much sleep as possible and watch football. That's my plan for Sunday. And then probably order some really terrible food for me. <laughs> um I don't know what's gonna be yet, but it, it's gonna be something bad. Probably, I'm thinking some like, ooh, some good breakfast food would be good. Some hash browns and eggs. Ooh. <laughs> now I'm really hungry, uh, but I'm doing okay. You know, I was you know it was, today's my dad's birthday, so he's turned 51 today. So there you go. Um, yeah, so went over there and talking to them, and uh, it's funny because I was like I was just kind of talking kind of the way I am now, where it's like I'm trying to like stay perked up. As much as possible, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm actually having a good time. Though. I'm in good mood. Saturday night, recording with my buddy Gables. Love doing it, drinking a beer uh, after a long, long, long week. Uh, but I was talking to my mom. She's like, "You sound like you just like you have jet lag without actually uh, flying." And I'm like, "That really, I, that's wrong." I was like, I feel like I did. I was telling Gables for the show. I'm like, I feel like I did when I got home for, after going to Vegas a couple years ago. Minus all the fun, <laughs> like if you, if you just <laughs> no shit. instead of four days of just pure joy and fun, uh, minus uh, rooming with uh, Knuckles or Jake and listening to him snore for nine hours every night and not sleeping, <laughs> um, you know, take that part out. The rest of it was a blast, uh, but it's like that, but the opposite of the Vegas trip, and then also the jet lag, but also having to go right back to work. Uh, for the next two days uh, and work very long shifts. So, uh, yeah, uh, happy to be home. And, you know, on top of that, didn't get a chance to play a lot of games uh, while I was there. I took my PS5 with me, uh, but the TV in the uh, hotel was uh, like 24 inches, and I was playing like three feet from the screen, and I'm like, I can't see. I was trying to play Madden, and I was 
like it just looked bad. Everything was like blurry on it as well. So I was just like, I, I, I was just, I put it on practice mode, just kind of get like used to it. And I was just, I can't, it hurt my eyes to play the game. Not so I am just streaming like a bunch of, you know, a bunch of YouTube and Netflix shit like that. Just pass time by at night. But you know, I'm uh happy to be doing this. Happy it's Saturday night. Uh, oh, on top of that, um, I, I got a cool little thing for free in the mail right before I, I left. Oh yeah. Gables, I am finally in, in the next gen. I got a Google Stadia. <laughs> you got the actual Google Stadia. <laughs> yes, uh, I got it. It was free because I have a the YouTube Premium. Uh, you know. Uh, what do you, go ahead. You know, I was offered that same thing when I was going on the YouTube Music. It's like, oh hey, have a free Stadia. I thought about it. I thought about my how I would use that, and I still said no to it. <laughs> oh man, you gotta you gotta get it. Like, well, I said the, the main reason a lot of people are like a lot of people got it. I mean, it's not just me, but um, one of the main reasons I did it is because of uh, it comes with a Chromecast in it, which are not like they're kind of I think they're like forty bucks. Yeah. So it's just like a streaming stick. So I'm like, which I w- I I forgot it was in there, which I would have wish I would have known because I would just brought that and st- on the trip with me instead of uh-huh. lugging around my twenty fucking pound PS5. Uh, <laughs> and also the fear of like it getting stolen or broken on my trip. Uh, all that on the anxiety on top of everything else, but um, yeah. So I have that now. It's still on the packaging. I mean, fucking take it. it's sitting right here. I'm looking at it right now. Uh, I haven't even taken it out. It's right next to my game and watch that I bought last week. That's still sitting in the plastic. Uh, <laughs> but I don't plan on opening that one. I don't actually don't know if I'll ever open the Stadia. Ah, I'll probably open it up. Just look at the fucking Chromecast. But, um, and I'll put the put the controller right back inside of it. I don't fucking care about care about that goddamn thing. Um, but yeah, you know, doing okay. Otherwise, it's been a I did. I did actually end up getting a bunch of gaming in last Sunday, and then I played some a little bit of games uh, Friday night, and then uh, got played a little bit this morning before I went to work, and then a, a little bit more when I got home from uh, having dinner with my parents. So uh, I have actually. Uh, well, why don't we just jump right into it, Gables? Do you want? Uh, you care if I just go first? Yeah, man. Go ahead. All right. So I I, I played a couple games. Uh, well, I beat two games actually this week. Um, so I, I do want to talk about okay so real fast I um oh, during the trip I was on they had like a, like the first real firmware update for the PS5 and uh, I had no issues with with uh, anything like everything ran fine I uh, for the most part like I didn't have like no no uh, uh, freezes or crashes nothing like that at all and then uh, and, you know like I said I didn't play any games on the trip when I got home uh, was it when Friday Friday night, I was oh, I played some uh, Astros Playroom. I want to check it out. And uh, I played I played like twenty minutes of it. Uh, the night it came the night it came out the PS5 came out and uh, okay yeah I want to I want to check it out. And then, like multiple times where like the thing just froze on me for like thirty seconds, but there was oh. still sound and everything like that. And I'm like okay it must it, sounds, it must crash. I went to go and plug it. And, oh I started I started booting up again. And then like where I just went to like a, a like a, a crawl where I was doing like 10 frames a second and I'm like what the fuck is happening but it was weird because like the sounds weren't like chugging but like it was just weird I've never seen this happen before in games before and I played this one level beat it and it froze on me like I, like at the end of it like you take off on a jet or something like that I can't remember exactly what it was huh. and it just froze but there was still sound and everything like that and I'm like I, I and I waited about a full minute because I'm like well maybe it's gonna do what it, what it did a couple times before where you know, it just froze for 30 seconds and then it, it fixed itself. Um, 
and then nothing. I'm like, okay, so I had a completely like, it wouldn't, I couldn't even power it down. I had to completely unplug it, plug it back in. Uh, and I'm like, all right, well, I'm, I'm really enjoying this game. I want to, I want to play it. Again. I want to, I'll, I'll go back and play this level again. Um, and I went back, beat the level again. Exact same thing happened to me. Wow. So I'm like, fuck. I'm, like, I'm really enjoying that game, but it's like, I mean, don't follow that game. Uh, but it's just, I don't know. I don't, I've heard that's happening to a lot of people now, where it's like, where there's been a lot more like random crashes and shit when they're playing. Um, and so far, that's the only time I've actually seen it happen to me uh, while playing. Uh, and then, because uh, I, I played a few other games, uh, I, I started I started up playing some Sackboy uh, last Sunday, uh, and I, you know, I've only played the first three levels. And I don't want to judge it too much. I, it's it's very much a feels like a 3D world uh, knock Mario 3D world knockoff. Uh, but it's like, but I'm, it's like you know the first it's like the first three levels of Mario are very simple, and it's, it's more of a tutorial. Uh, so I want to jump more into it, but uh, I've enjoyed what I played so far. But uh, it's kind of like if if you gave like the Yoshi's Woolly World guys, uh, like and said, "Hey, make a 3D world game, but like with your graphics style," and that's what this is. That's what it feels like. Um, and yeah, like I said, so far it's, it's fine. I but I want to get two more because I heard it get some of the levels later on are pretty great. So I, I can't wait to jump into that. Uh, but I'm having I'm having fun when I played it so far. Uh, and, uh, I beat, so accidentally didn't even mean to do it. Uh, last Sunday I, I got up early, uh, and before football started and I played, I played a few hours of it, but I haven't like, you know, of, of miles Morales, but I ended up beating on Sunday, um, miles Morales, Oh, but oh, wow. yeah, I mean, it, it's a shorter game. Like we've always, it was like the lost legacy kind of thing. Like, uh, it's not very long, but there's like I mean, if you could, you could, there's probably 15, 20 hours worth of content in there if you do all the side stuff. Um, but I was just so engrossed with the story of with Miles Morales, and I just could not stop like doing the, the missions. And I don't like I definitely I, I I tried out at least one or two of each side mission uh, that there is like different type of side mission, and they're definitely far superior than the uh there's there's a lot less of them but there's a far superior than the ones in spider some of the ones in spider-man because uh-huh. like some of the ones were just like garbage there's like the score there's like a time attack one i think or a score attack one there's the ones where you got chased the fucking pigeons um and there was just more of them and this one there's only a handful of different types and they're all better like so it's like they basically took the best parts of the uh spider-man 2018 ones and just put them in there and, and miles morales which I'm totally fine with, and but I played a little bit of each of them, and there was a couple of side missions that actually like are like could have been like main story content uh, that you could, that you can do, and I I really enjoy those ones, and like at the end you have like a nice little surprise with a uh, with a villain in the game, and uh, that was really cool. I really enjoyed that one, but for the most part, I ninety percent of my time was spent uh, uh, just going through plowing through the main campaign, and I just. I kept playing, playing, playing. I'm having a fucking blast. The next thing I know, I got to that part where it's like, you're at the point of no return part of the game. And like, it tells you like, at this point you like, this is like, you're like, you're basically at the final stretch of the game. And, um, I'm like, fuck yeah. I want to, I want to know what happens. So I ended up playing through that beat it. Loved it. Loved this game. So fucking good. Uh, I, I, I won't uninstall. I don't want to sell it. Cause I, I like legitimately want, like I was, you know, it's just a blast to play, but it's like, it's like I said last week about, um, I was talking about Miles Morales, where it's like I'm going back to talking about Spider-Man, where it's like I the Spider-Man is like a really great open world game, which I'm not. It takes very few to actually like suck me in, like 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 that. Like maybe one every you might see one or one every year or two for me, 
that really engrossed me when there's, you know, a million that come in every year. Um, and that one really sucked me. But on top of it, it was probably the best story of any open world game I've ever played. Mm. Uh, it's up there. Like, it really is. Like, oh, great. My upstairs neighbor is playing his guitar right now. It's 1130 on a fucking Saturday night. But, sorry, asshole. But anyways, um, yeah. So, uh, I really, like I said, I really liked the story. And like, that was my main issue with, like, Spider-Man. Like, I didn't want to quit playing it. But it's just like... I want to know where the story goes. And I was having a blast with those characters and mm. kind of more of the same where it's like, it's a good problem to have where it's like, I really enjoy playing your game, but I need to know what happens in the story. And I, like I said, plow through it, love it, adore this game. I don't, it's hard. I don't know. I don't, it's hard to like judge the games side by side. Like we'll say which one's better because it's like Spider-Man 2018. Like I put 30 plus hours into it easily. Uh, I bought the DLC for it played through all of it but the last part i didn't really care for the dlc the dlc was not great but the story was interesting but the gameplay itself was not great or like the game the the game content was not great because it was just like we're just gonna throw a million villains at you you know for for no reason whatsoever and that was that was it was it was not it was very boring um but uh yeah like they're they it miles morales stands very well on its own um like you definitely want to play 2018 i'm wrong but it's not hindered. It's not. It's not some just like little side thing you you can skip over. It's like if you love uh, Spider Man twenty eighteen and you want more of it, like you know this is a good way to go. Uh, I love what they do with like kind of growing the character of Miles, and it's just like like I love like some of the ways they did with Miles, where it's like he's only been it's so at this point he's only been Spider Man been a Spider Man for a year now, you know it's like and in Spider Man twenty eighteen I think Spider Man he uh, Peter's been like five or six years, five, six, seven years of being um, Spider-Man. Yeah. So you can tell, like, he's he's been doing this for a long time. You know, he knows what he's doing. And it's like, you can kind of tell, like, Miles is like, he's like, still kind of like, he doesn't swing with as much, like, it's not like as smooth as Peter when he swings. It's like, it's a little more like clumsy and like the way he lands, the way he like, this, you can just tell the, like, the little... Interest, uh, I can't say the intricacies, whatever. You know what I'm trying to say. Thank you. Um, the way he just does things, it's not as subtle, it's not as smooth, it doesn't flow as well. Uh, as well, like he's learning to control his uh, superpowers pretty much and how to perfect it. It sounds, yeah, yeah. And like, he's like literally still learning the powers as he goes. Like, he gets like some, like, he doesn't even have all his powers yet. When he like, he doesn't have electricity powers, he doesn't have his uh. Invisibly, invisible powers like he uh, like like Miles Morales actually has in like the comics like if you've seen uh, Into the Spider Verse like he doesn't have those yet like and he's like learning these abilities as the game progresses and all of his like, even like some of his like upgraded abilities they can get but um, yeah I what a great game I love that game that was it's so good um, but anyways moving on to another game that I finished just I actually just finished it right before we started recording uh, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War okay um, okay. Yeah, the title is longer than the the campaign, um, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I I really I enjoyed the characters in this game. It's probably the best uh, ensemble cast of characters yet for a, a Call of Duty campaign. Um, but the campaign is like really short, even for a Call of Duty game, where it's like ah, they're usually like five six hours. Like I beat this in a little over three hours. A little over three hours. You actually went for. Did you see the in-game timer for it? Did it have like that option? Could no, but just kind of. I could like because like I beat it pretty much all in two sittings. 
Like I played, so I played a little bit. I played the first two missions last week, and then Friday night I played for about an hour, mm-hmm. and then I played for no, I guess three sittings in. So I played for about an hour last night. This morning I played for maybe 30, 40 minutes at most, and then I played about forty-five minutes when I got home and finished okay. it. Like I literally got to like there is there is literally a point of no return before you go into the mat the last section of the game. And I got to that part um, before I had to go to work this morning. So it's like that's where I stopped. That's the reason I stopped where oh, I did. Oh, I see. So it's like, I mean, like literally, like it's three, three and a half hours to beat the. And then there's like, and that's with me doing, like looking for a lot of, because there's like evidence you can find throughout the, throughout each, each um, mission to like you can use to like get to decipher codes or there's like side missions you, have, you can do where you have to like find stuff throughout other missions and you use that and you decipher codes to unlock evidence to go into those missions to uh like find locations or figure out who the enemy is or figure out whatever and i like i found all that did all those missions and that's and i think there's like two i think there's only two side missions at least that's the two i did and that's the two that were available to me uh i did those and there's actually like a there's two different endings you can have and i, I did the one and i looked up uh afterwards like what the other mission is it's like it's definitely the bad ending. It's like the bad guy ending. Right. I was like that, that that mission seems a lot more cool than this one did because it was just it was just, <laughs> I don't know. It just it was very it ended and it was just like the twist at the end. I'm just like eh, okay, this it's it's not awful, but it's it's kind of sucks. And then like the last mission is just like oh, okay, that's all right. That's just okay. Ending like this, okay, all right. That's very disappointing. But like I I enjoyed the entire campaign up to that part up until basically like the, the last like 30 minutes of that game. I was just like uh-huh. the last, the, the twist and the last mission were just like the weakest part of that game. The last mission was definitely very weak. It was just like, okay. All right. Well, all right. Well, oh, that's it. We, we, I, I was stunned. It was almost like a destiny moment for me. I'm like, that was the end. That was the last section. That was it. That, like, we're done. <laughs> oh, we're all, we're on the, we're on the, we're at the credits now. Okay. So, I don't know. I like, like I, said, I really, I liked it a lot. I just, they really fumbled the last section for me. Um, and the other mission, the bad guy in the mission seems way cooler. So if you guys are, are playing the campaign or plan on playing it, the bad guy mission is a way to get, is a way to go. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Um, oh, it was fine. I like, I don't know. It, it was good. I was fresh. I mean, but like I said, it was like the ending sucked and it was just frustratingly short. And I knew it was short. It's a Call of Duty campaigns. Like I said, they're they're not very long. You can usually beat them in five, six hours. And I knew that going in. But this was ungodly short. And that's what, like, I don't know. Like, I, I would have enjoyed a lot more time with those characters because I enjoyed it. Like, I actually, like, enjoyed talking to them in between missions like you could and learning more about them and their past and uh, learning more about, you know, just uh, when they talk, what they, what they think of the other characters. Like, I enjoyed all that. Like, in a Call of Duty game, that was actually fascinating to me. It's like almost like it was almost like an Ocean's Eleven type thing. It was like, but like <laughs> government shit, like a deep undercover shit. Um, but yeah, so uh, that's what I'm playing this week. Beat uh, one fantastic game, one meh game. What about you, Gables? All right. So like I was mentioning earlier, my crux of this week has been split between playing Destiny Two and doing another playthrough of Persona Five Royal. Oh, wow. So it's like. For Persona 5 Royal, I'm I'm already back at the second palace. I've done, I've mashed, I've already maxed out all my social 
like uh, my social ranks in regards to the social status stuff to where everything's all five stars in terms of uh, perception, for guts, for kindness, for like uh, proficiency and stuff like that. Actually, no, proficiency, knowledge, and whatsoever. So all those are like five stars. And I'm already to the point and stuff where I'm starting to level up even further. A lot of the stuff for New Game Plus is implemented into this playthrough to where I still have my weapons. I still have a lot of my accessories and whatsoever. And the biggest thing is I still have my compendium from my last playthrough. I barely even had like 50% of the personas and everything all unlocked. And now it's over 50%. Hmm. I definitely have new monsters, like, like new like personas I can fuse together or catch that I did in the first time around. And the best part about it is there are some free DLC stuff that you can add to the compendium. And even some you can pay for via like a DLC content. Because I didn't know this about this game, but there is an actual $60 DLC that includes a few personas that you can use, some boss battles with like the uh, twins, Justine and Caroline and stuff in terms of uh, facing off against the protagonists from previous Persona games, like for 3 and for 4 specifically. And also there are like various costumes, various accessory sets, you know, kind of like cosmetic stuff as well. But uh, I didn't know that before like uh starting off my second playthrough some of it seems interesting but basically what i'm trying to do i'm trying to get the platinum trophy for persona 5 royal that is my goal that's what i want to try to do and in order for me to do that i got to do a couple things one of them i have to 100 percent complete the compendium that persona compendium that requires me to be at level like be like in my 90s quintessentially I think I got close in my first playthrough, but I can do that now because I can just set my experience all the way up in Mementos, which, by the way, from Mementos, I don't have to recollect all those stamps like I did the first time. So I can immediately get the EXP all the way up to max for items, all the way up to max. That way I can go and get that. Or if I want to switch it up to, say, money that I earn, I could max out my money cap if I really wanted to. That's one of the biggest benefits of this new game plus for Persona 5 Royal. You basically get to have things even easier. This time around, I'm playing it a bit more on a difficult, like a more difficult uh, level. So I'm on normal as opposed to easy with my first playthrough. Because with easy, I kind of wanted to ease myself into the game experience itself. Because I'm a firm believer of if I don't enjoy playing a game on the on an easy, on easy then there ain't going to be much for me to prompt to play it through on normal or hard or whatever it is afterwards. But uh, I'm already getting better feel with my party of characters and what I wanted to do. I'm starting to get closer in terms of maxing out one of my like uh, confidants with uh, Ryuji. He's one of the guys that you meet early on in the game. He basically has this one persona by the name of Captain Kid, which is just a gigantic skeleton pirate that rides the ship that he summons. So it's basically, he's a physical attacker, predominantly. And the fun thing about this game that I've forgotten to mention previously, that when you use a, like a physical sort of attack, like a special physical attack, I should say, you spend HP in order to use it. So... 
depending upon how strong the attack is, these uh, these physical special attacks, you can basically have it to where you could spend like maybe 30 HP here, or maybe you're going to be spending like about 70 HP here. But it all depends upon if you have a special like a, a ability in regards to you can cut down certain usage of a specific thing. So let's say I've heard, like I fused two Persona, and they have this, one of them has the ability to where it could decrease the amount of usage a specific thing can do. I could do that, say for example, if I wanted to do that type of attack, like I did with Captain Kidd, and it would be less in terms of usage and stuff as opposed to just doing the full-on stuff. I do like inside of this game where there are intricacies like that that you can add, and there's also intricacies in some confidant roles where that plays into effect. Like, for example, with the whole duel, these twin wardens here, Justine and Caroline. In order to level up your level, sure, you can go through and show them around the town and this and that. But they will ask you to bring them specific personas that either have an ability or they have something else entirety. So the first one that they wanted to present you with was with a Jack Frost with Mabufu, which is a ice attack that's just a, a basic light ice attack that he learns. So I already had that from the get-go, so that. Another one was like another persona that needed Frey, and that was from, this monster was from the next dungeon that I'm currently on right now. And so I did that, and now the next one as is going to be involving doing like a group guillotine sort of thing to where I have to fuse three personas together in order to create this one with this attack. So what I'm saying is, it's like for this, you're, you are unlocking certain group personas, but also you're unlocking certain ways to fuse these monsters together. I think that's pretty fucking cool. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, it's just been more of that. But my main game that I've been playing this week has been Destiny 2 Beyond Light. That expansion came out last week, I want to say. Not last week, but the week previous. I bought the game this last Monday. So, my friend and I, we spent a good solid chunk of Monday on my day off playing through the entirety of the campaign <laughs> for... Uh, Beyond Light, and it was a good solid five, maybe five and a half hours of that. <laughs> so it was a good chunk to get that all uh, straightened away. But I gotta, I gotta admit, man, the main campaign of it, it was interesting from beginning to end. On a quality level, I did like that as opposed to going through previous Destiny expansions that I had gone through. After I finished that, and after I went through all the various stuff, I started doing things like certain bounty quests, certain exotic quests that I'm still working on. But I, I can tell you what, man, it's like the amount of new stuff they introduced inside of Beyond Light from new particular weapons, this new hub world you're exploring, Europa, to where you are, you have a character that you can get bounties from by the name of Varix. You save him throughout the various story and you defeat this this replacement like leader for the Fallen. So you have to defeat her, and she has these other three field generals you gotta go through and beat as well. And you can actually repeat those bounties to where you can 
get all you get like various items say like uh certain legendaries maybe a, maybe the occasional rare exotic drop but uh yeah the game has been a freaking blast to play because i've been getting so much incentive for good armor good weapons i've unlocked quite a few exotic stuff now i'm happy to report that uh, with my titan i went from 1050 when i started you like uh beyond light i'm now at 1218 and i'm gonna be aiming to get this uh character maxed out if i possibly can and which the cap right now i believe is 1260 1260 is like a raid sort of uh stuff and i think 1230 is like the soft cap i need to check in on that but I'm getting fairly close to getting where I need to go. There were some new missions that were added today, and that was after the first fire teams were able to beat the raid that came out today. So I was able to go through a little bit of that before recording. My friend has helped me get this uh, new exotic quest that just came out today. Just beating a bunch of Vex, beating a whole bunch of these like big boss creatures in order to get to like the next step. And the end of this exotic quest is for an exotic sword, which I am looking forward to, because sword-based weapons are one of my favorites, along with certain auto-rifles. Like, for example, I've been using a lot of this one exotic weapon called Sweet Business. Sweet Business is a Gatling gun style of auto-rifle. I know, right? It sounds pretty sweet, and it is pretty sweet. It uses only primary ammo. Not special, not heavy. And the best part about it is my armor, I can insert a mod inside of some pieces of my armor to where I could find primary ammo more apparent than any other type. So the thing about it, man, is like if you get this thing strong enough, it eats through enemy shields like it eats and slices through them like butter. I've went through so many missions with my uh, fire team and stuff where I have been mowing down enemy after enemy after enemy. And taking out Guardians, like, online through, like, Gambit matches and Crucible and, like, certain, like, strikes doing this stuff. It is so fun to use. My main goal is to try to earn enough stuff, resources, to where I can get this uh, Cade-6's uh, hand cannon that he had, like, the Ace of Spades. That one is supposed to be a really good exotic weapon, and so I've been trying to get that in that regards. Otherwise, I had learned something new in regards to Destiny 2. So on my phone, I have the uh, Bungie app for like Destiny 2. Nerd. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I found out I can actually switch my armor and uh, my weapons between my different characters if I wanted to. So I can do that without having to power up the game and equip stuff. Like, you know, go through the whole process of that. And so... My hunter, I actually got my hunter up to like about 11.35. It was at 10.50, and my warlock was even lower than that, like 900 and something. Got up to about 11.16. But yeah, man, it's I'm finding more enjoyment out of Destiny 2 now. Just be... <laughs> God. Over the past couple months, I've started to get back into Destiny 2, and now I feel like I'm full on bored playing this game. More so than I was in the original Destiny. As a matter of fact, here's a fun statistic for you. Back before Beyond Light released, 
I checked how much time I had played with the uh, first two Destiny games. So, Destiny 1, I spent a total, for this generation, 83 hours, 22 minutes. For Destiny 2, it was 82 hours, 23 minutes. It was just an, it was just a, an hour difference before Beyond Light. Since then, I have spent over, I had chalked up, I kid you not, another 20 hours with that easily. I have gotten over 100 hours now for Destiny 2, and that is quite an accomplishment for me, (laughs) as regards I was not interested in a lot of uh, Destiny 2 to start off with. I gave the game a rest for a good solid year before going back to it. My friend, like, uh, yeah, my same friend that I've been playing games with and stuff throughout the weeks actually uh, lured me back into trying to get me back into Destiny 2, and that's what we've been doing. Him and another friend of ours, we've been hitting these exotic-based weapon quests, all these, like, gambit stuff. We're constantly earning good loot. Bungie, since separating from Activision, I feel like has done a better job in terms of making the game feel a lot more rewarding and makes you want to go through and experience and play it as a whole. Sure, they have dropped the ball in some aspects, some areas. There are some glitches. There are some things that are still prevalent, even after various updates. Like, for example, you remember the whole thing about the loot cave in the original Destiny? Oh, yeah. Well, that was a big ordeal. Yeah, there was something similar to that with the after Beyond Light released. There was a area near the Cosmodrome where if you defeat a lot of enemies, like the fallen enemies in this specific field, you could get them like at their spawn point where this, uh, where basically they, they spawn inside this one various like little hut or something like that. And so we, my friend and I, we had like about us and like four or, four or five other guardians going through and killing a whole bunch of these guys and just getting a whole bunch of engrams and like whatsoever and like. I got some good stuff. My friend, the first five minutes of us trying to farm this area, he gets a fucking exotic drop. I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, as soon as uh, we started a couple nights ago, the whole Shadow Keep DLC, that expansion, like, not even the first main mission where we're facing off against like, the Ghost of Omnigul, we're like, I get an exotic drop and it pisses everybody else off at the party. <laughs> like, yeah, I got an exotic dress. Like, God damn it. <laughs> oh, shit. But, right. That has been it. As far as any other types of gaming stuff, I'm going to see what I can... I'm going to see if I can find something, like, uh, possibly tomorrow, possibly maybe the next week. Obviously, I got other things I got to go through and do for the next couple weeks. But at the same time... I may invest inside of a new game sooner or later. Nice. Uh, yeah, that's it for me. All right. Well, very cool, man. Uh, well, uh, kind of, kind of a light week this week. You know, uh, we, we're kind of talking for the show. It's like, seems like pretty much all the games are out. All the news is out there. I think. Yeah. The next big thing we're gonna have, like next week, is Thanksgiving. So I'm assuming it's not gonna be a crazy week. Um, and then, I mean, really rest of the year so we got the game awards which we'll get to here in a little bit um to talk about but that's so i think it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty interesting the rest of the year how things go but i feel like we're definitely it's like like i said the big games are out which is nice uh and it's 
I don't think there's gonna be too much too too much more news, especially as we get towards uh, closer to the to Christmas when you know most places shut down for the holidays, uh, especially in the gaming world. Um, but some big shit that did happen is uh, Capcom had a pretty major leak on its hand. Um, they were hacked um, earlier this week, and they like basically said like you either pay us this money or or release the stuff to, out to the public. Uh, they basically said, "Go ahead," kind of thing. And they, I think like three hundred fifty thousand accounts were um, possibly uh, in jeopardy. You know, because of the information got out there. So hopefully, all that gets taken care of. But uh, yeah, so it's a pretty big uh, breach here. Uh, a lot of details. So it was frustrating. Is like a lot of like I was trying to find like a uh, article that just kind of put everything all in one, but nobody really did that. So it's like. Uh, I found I have two different articles here to, to kind of run through. Well, um, I know that Capcom had been ad- had been adamantly trying to take down certain yeah. elements of information, especially on YouTubers. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, it's just I mean, when shit like this happens, it always, like people always try, it's it's the internet, it's gonna get out there. Of course. Do about I know like a lot of the Reddit posts and shit got taken down, um, but I mean, there's only so much you can do. Um, but like no crest, no credit card information was out there for the, for the, was stolen or anything like that. So no like big financial worries like that. But, um, some stuff that was coming out of there was, uh, so we, we have like basically like the tentative release periods for, uh, the next like four years. Um, a lot of the stuff is like, has like, uh, code names or not like official names. So, right. uh, first up we had uh, resident eight is right now scheduled to be released at the end of April. And there's going to be a demo sometime before that, uh, next year. Um, and then we have something else called resident evil outbreak, which is coming out in the fourth quarter of uh, fiscal year 2021. So that's, I think that'd be like, was that early? I don't, well, I guess I don't know how their fiscal years work uh, for Capcom. So I, I don't know. That's what I hate sometimes about fiscal shit is because everybody's different. But Resident Evil Outbreak uh, is Q4 fiscal year 2021. Uh, Dragon's, Do- Dragon's Dogma 2 is uh, um, out there for Q2 fiscal year 22. Uh, Street Street Fighter Six is fiscal year twenty two, Rockman Match, which is uh, which is actually is Mega Man uh, in North America, uh, is for fiscal year twenty twenty two. There's a Resident Evil Four remake uh, on the horizon, which was been leaked, which was a rumor for a long time ago, some leaks earlier this year, and I think a lot of people knew it was happening. That's tentatively planned for twenty twenty two, and also there's gonna be a VR part of that too. I don't know what that is. Um, Monster Hunter Six is uh in development which is no big surprise technically i mean it's basically like monster hunter world 2 what probably would it be because i guess monster hunter world was technically the fifth monster hunter game in the mainland series uh another game called bioware bio i'm sorry biohazard apocalypse which i don't know if that's a no real idea if that's a resident evil game or not uh there's a super street fighter 6 that's planned for fiscal year 2023 so street fighter 6 is, is two years away but they've already got plans for the super street fighter in uh three years uh, Final Fight remake is uh, scheduled for a fiscal year 2024. Power Stone remake, uh, fiscal year 2024. Ultra Street Fighter 6 is planned for fiscal year 2024. And then something called Resident Evil Hank, likely Hunk is what they meant, is uh, scheduled for 2024. That's for the first article. And then another article here has, uh, so some, it kind of breaks down some of the plans. So Ace Attorney um, is, uh, kind of, it's a beloved franchise, mostly on the DS, uh, it likes uh, it has a, this come from the article has a dedicated fan base and they uh, may be hungry for a new release. According to the Capcom leak, fans have a brand new game in the series looking to look forward to in the next year called 
Ace Attorney 7, which will evidently launch at some point in Q3 of next year. Uh, those in the West may also uh, finally get a uh, get to play the great Ace Attorney games, which were originally released on the 3DS, uh, but never launched outside of Japan. Uh, apparently, great, uh, great Ace Attorney will be announced for PS4, Switch, and PC at some point in April, uh, with a planned 2020, uh, with a July 2021 release date. If the leak is to believe, Grace, uh, Great Ace Attorney will have trophy support, new quality of life enhancements, and more with both games bundled together for $40. All of the DLC that was released uh, for the original uh, Great Ace Attorney uh, games on 3DS will also be included. Uh, meanwhile, in Japan, a special bundle that include, that brings together Great Ace Attorney, Great Ace Ace, oh God, this song. Great Ace Attorney, along with the original Phoenix Wright, uh, that bundle is rumored to be in development for PS4 and Switch. Uh, also, Monster Hunter, uh, Monster Hunter World is one of the Capcom's most successful games ever, and it's no surprise that the game has big plans for the franchise moving forward. According to the leak, Capcom is bringing Monster Hunter Rise, the upcoming Switch exclusive, which we heard about earlier this year. That's uh, uh, coming uh, at some point. And uh, it will also be coming to PC and uh, it's planned for October of next year. Uh, Switch owners uh, said there's a playable demo to look forward to along with some time exclusivity rights. Uh, and then um, Monster Hunter Stories 2 uh, will also have a PC port, uh, has a PC port in the works. And right now the game is planned to come out sometime in June. Uh, and it'll have some co-op and some PvP and DLC expansions on the on the Horizon 2. And then Resident Evil 8, kind of already gone over some of it, but uh, evidently... Capcom is working on Resident Evil 4 VR uh, as a port for Oculus, along with some kind of Resident Evil multiplayer project that's due for release in September 2021. The Resident Evil multiplayer project goes by the codename uh, Project Highway or Village, uh, which was uh, has led to the speculation that is tied to the upcoming Resident Evil 8. Uh, details on what exactly it will entail remain scarce, but apparently it will be a battle royale. Um, so yeah. Uh, and also, they mentioned how there's going to be a demo for Resident Evil 8 sometime at the beginning of next year as well. A lot of information here, Gables. Uh, kind of, what, what's your takeaway from all that? Definitely a lot of information all at once, obviously, in regards to the whole leaks, the hack that Capcom had. There are a lot of things that are kind of a no-brainer, a no-shit sort of moment. We knew Street Fighter 6 would be coming. They've already went through. It's a Capcom tradition at this point where... They release a mainline Street Fighter game, and there's like a couple of iterations. It dates all yeah. the way back to the 90s. Absolutely does. Did they do that for but, Street Fighter V, though? Because I thought that was the, yes. the bigger deal. That, oh, okay. I yes, thought they said they, they weren't going to do that with V. Um, with V, they absolutely did that with V. I mean, they did okay. the original Street Fighter V, then there was an arcade edition, and then the last one is sort of like the champion sort of edition. But at this point in time, they had announced more DLC fighters coming over the next year or so. I know Dan Habiki is supposed to be coming out pretty soon, and then there's going to be other characters that are going to be coming in next, I believe. Oro, and then there's like uh, there is a character from Rival Schools that was going to be coming out sometime next year. But they have... Capcom has already said they're planning on supporting Street Fighter V for like another year with DLC content. Okay. So if... If... Like what this thing is... Uh, going through and they actually release on time bearing any type of delays or cancellations from other games so street fighter 6 we're probably we are expecting in 2022 is that what you're saying uh yes okay that would make more or less sense considering the dlc plans they have in mind but uh i'm very excited about a couple of announcements 
well, not announcements, a couple of things I see on the list. Power Stone, that remake. There hasn't been a Power Stone game since on the Dreamcast with, well, actually, no, on the PSP, now that I think about it, because there was a Power Stone collection with one and two on the PSP. Mm. But, uh, yeah, that's definitely a fun fighting game. It's more or less sort of a... It's sort of less, more like a Smash Brothers style of beat 'em up. Only it's in a three D perspective instead of like a, like, almost like a two D, like side, uh, you know, kind of like a flat like a fighting game, like a traditional fighting game, I should say. Okay. But uh, for the other one, Final Fight re- like remaster. I'm kind of iffy about that, only because Capcom hasn't had the best of luck with bringing Final Fight successfully to modern, like, modernality in general. The last time they attempted something like that was for the PlayStation 2 back around the mid-2000s, and it was an absolute disaster. (laughs) I was actually watching a video upon that game a few weeks ago, if not a few weeks to a month ago. And that was part of the reason why that series ended up lying dormant for so many years, up until the 360 PS3 era where we had, like, Final Fight Double Impact, I think it was. Or, yeah, I think it's that, plus other constant re-releases of the original three games on various gaming marketplaces. Let's see. Resident Evil, no surprise there. Monster Hunter, no surprise there. The Ace Attorney stuff I'm very excited about because there is a series of Ace Attorney games that never made it stateside. Love that series. Very fun. And they're definitely top of that, that point-and-click adventure type of vibe. That like vibe that you would have gotten from old PC games from Sierra back in the day. Or, or if you were like... Uh, if you grew up around the DS era in the United States, to where the Ace Attorney games, they were niche. They definitely are still niche, but at the same time, there's a lot more people that are clamoring to play anything that's Ace Attorney related. It is awesome that the games have now since come on on the Steam. The first three, I'm, you know, I'm wanting to say. That's fun. More or less, it is a lot of stuff to be excited about, even if the knowledge of these games came under dubious circumstances with somebody hacking and then exposing all of that information. I mean, that's got to be frustrating for any type of company. I mean, Nintendo mm-hmm. has had that happen a lot over the past couple months, even going so deep as to leak certain company emails from that time, and it's starting to get really incredibly creepy in regards to how much information was taken. And I'm kind of wondering if there will be various changes in terms of uh, what Capcom does in regards to certain game plans, game releases. I mean, they got a four or five year roadmap right now. You gotta yeah. believe there's gonna be something that's gonna be canceled or something's gonna be announced before then. But from the looks of it, they look like they've been doing a decent job with it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Capcom's definitely. Uh, had a good run lately. Uh, you know, this generation, I feel yeah. like they've been very strong. Definitely turn around where like things looked very bleak. Um, probably the beginning of generation. Um, you know, we, we we went on a big rant just a couple weeks ago about Resident Evil Six. So that's kind of, <laughs> that's kind of where things were. Um, but uh, 
<clears throat> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I look at this. Uh, you know, it sucks to happen, and hopefully everything gets taken care of for the people have their information linked out there. Um, but just trying to look at this from like a, it, it's exciting at the same time though, where it's like, yeah, it's, you know, uh, it's shitty the way it happened, but it's like it's you know it's it gets my ideas. Cause I I thought you know Resident Evil Eight was a earlier game. I was expecting that like to be a January February game, and obviously like these dates are tentative. They're these are like especially these ones that are a year, two, three, four years out. Uh, but it's all like other, other information came out there. Like I think it was like um, I think Google Stadia is giving them um, five million dollars to put the uh, Resident Evil Eight on there, and then like. Yep. Um, I believe it was Sony gave them $10 million to get the, uh, uh, exclusive, some exclusivities, uh, like the, the Resident Evil seven, uh, PSVR support. And then like some exclusivities for like DLC and shit like that. So it's kind of, it's interesting. Like cause you always hear like they paid a bunch of money to get these rights. And like, how much is, a, how much is a bunch of money for them? Like, you know, is it, we're we talking tens of millions. Are we talking a couple million? Like, so it's, it's pretty interesting to see that number out there get that floating around that kind of gives you like an idea what how much you're paying for that stuff um but yeah i mean i think like capcom like i not the biggest fan of their studio like I, I i've enjoyed the resident evil games lately uh they've had a good like i said they've had a good run the uh last few years uh, you know especially this year I, I think like i said i played uh i beat two three and seven this year and then tried again on six but uh yeah i mean I don't know. I don't really have too too much to say. It's like I said, it sucks, but it's like it's awesome. Like, like some of the like, I'm excited for the people because it seemed like for the most part, from like just based off this the news that came out of it, a lot of fans are excited for what's coming. There's a lot of fans like you were talking about, like the Power Stone final fight, yes, uh, you know stuff like that. Like we didn't have a lot of details like on uh, like what they are, what the plans are, even like a Street Fighter Six. Like Street Fighter Six sounds like it's going through an interesting time right now because like the the main guy just left. Earlier yeah, this oh year, no. actually yeah. left Capcom earlier on this year, so this is going to be the first one where he's not going to be having some form of an influence over what goes on. There's been some arguments whether or not that might be a good thing for the future of the uh, franchise or not, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I um, I think some of the stuff is pretty cool. Uh, I'm interested with the rock with the Rockman matches, like that, you know, what the, what the fuck does that mean? It sounds like um, a mobile game, honestly. Then that's what I thought, but it's it's over two years away like mobile especially if it's like a match three type of game like those games don't take two years two plus years to come out like those that's a game that's probably gonna be go ahead another guess that i would have is sort of similar to what speedrunners have done in a particular portion for Mega Man games what i'm referring to is there are a subset of gamers out there that do this challenge to where they try to beat all the Mega Man bosses from the old school Mega Man games from like 1 to I think it was like 1 to 10 1 to 11 uh-huh. they try to do it all in a row honestly and try to do the fastest time with that you know maybe had something to do with like mix and, like mix and match in terms of uh, doing something similar to that to where it's sort of like a gauntlet to matching certain like a remix you know how like Mario remix has like like specific like original levels you can go through and modify and then like do this and do that mm-hmm. maybe it has something to do with Mega Man with this case and that's probably why it's going to be like two years out they're trying to plan on maybe remixing classic stages potentially yeah I could see that maybe 
Um, like that's a, yeah, like just a, a guess, but man, it, it Mario Maker would be an idea. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, who knows? Well, I mean, a lot like I said, like a lot of this information, we have no idea. Like, there's multiple like, like I said, there's a fucking Resident Evil Battle Royale game possibly in the works here. That's weird. As long um, as it's not a Mega Man Battle Royale, then I'm fine. Oh, that'd be interesting. But uh, I don't know. I just and then like the idea that there's gonna be a uh, multiplayer mode possibly for Resident Evil 8 it's like what are you guys going to learn you guys can't do God, multiplayer Resident Evil and multiplayer do not mix just Capcom all. really a multiplayer outside of like fighting games they just can't do it it's just I mean like Monster Hunter World like that hurt like no everybody bitches about how clunky and bad that that were like the game was great like you guys make great games you just can't do you can't it's like like it's like Nintendo you guys make fantastic games you just don't understand how the internet works um, that's so true. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, what, what the fuck? It's just like the Resident Evil Three Resistance, uh, the, a multiplayer thing they put out with with Resident Evil Three earlier this year. It's like it's supposed to be terrible. I didn't, like I didn't even bother playing it. And I don't think any, but a lot of people did either. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I can't I can't wait to hear more information about this. Like definitely like Resident Evil Eight is the thing one of the games I'm most looking forward to for next year, and the one the one of the games I want to hear more about. Um, and hopefully, you know, oh yeah, I'm sure we'll hear more. I think there was like some of the stuff. There's some details that's supposed to come out, and like they're planning on talking about in January, anyways. So I mean, it's kind of nice to have an idea. Like I was I was thinking maybe we'll have some stuff for the Game Awards, but you know, it's kind of cool that I'll probably hear a lot about this stuff in the next couple months. Uh, but, um, moving on here to our next topic here. Um, this is pretty cool news here that just kind of came out of nowhere. So IO Interactive, the people that make the Hitman games, uh, they are developing the next, uh, James Bond game. They're making a 007 game. Oh, give me one second. I got to adjust my seat here. Uh, so I was like, we're doing a weird slope down thing. I don't know what the fuck is going with that. Um, but, uh, so they're, uh, this is a quote here from them. Um, this is a, a new game starring James Bond that will tell the British Secret Service's operative origin story. Uh, Project 007, which is what it's called right now, uh, will feature a wholly original Bond story exclusively as a video game, one in which players must earn their double uh, O status. Um, so I think this is incredibly exciting. Like, I am I never played the Hitman. I, I, I played the Hitman games back in the day. I haven't played the new ones uh, as they come out. But there are games I'm definitely interested in checking out. just never got around to doing it. It's doing so. Uh, Hitman 3 comes out in January, uh, and it's kind of great. You know, IO Interactive kind of went out on its own uh, somewhere, somewhere after Hitman 1 came out, and then, like, um, uh, who was the Square Enix that owns the right? They own the rights to, yes. to Hitman? They just, yes, like, it's Crystal gave, Dynamics, I believe. Crystal Dynamics, yeah. So, it was like, they just, like, gave them the, like, all right, you guys are going your own, and here's Hitman. It's like, and they, like, even talked about, it's like, no, we nobody can do Hitman better than IO, and it's like, it's awesome. How well they're doing? They're doing on their own, succeeding so well. And then on top of that, man, get get uh, James Bond. And I, I you know, much like no one could do Hitman better than um, uh, Io. I don't know who's a better developer to make a James Bond game than uh, than Io Interactive. What, what was your thoughts when you heard the news? To be perfectly honest with you, I was kind of shocked that there was another James Bond game that's going to be released because yeah. The last time we had a James Bond game was roughly around 2012. Yeah, Quantum believe, of Solace, wasn't it? I think it was Quantum of Solace. That was a PlayStation 3 game at the time and Xbox 360. That one yeah. didn't fare too well in reviews, if I, memory serves me right. But 
the last time 2008 was was when it came out okay 2008 was when that it was, came out maybe it, it was it was also on ps2 in the in the original xbox oh. So, oh it was on everything basically well then the wii had a golden had like a golden eye sort of uh had like a sort of game. That is correct. I don't I know. About that. Yeah, so that was a lot. I guess Goldeneye was would have been technically the last one. That was like 2010. Okay, 2010. Okay, that sounds more or less what I'm thinking of here. That was the one that had the golden classic controller. Yep, no, remember Justin had that. That's pretty fucking cool, even regardless of that. But <laughs> uh, I'm I'm kind of excited to see an origin story in regards to James Bond. It definitely has a good. Thing of potential, and I would be more comfortable with Island Interactive, considering they have mainline experience in regards to stealth-based action games because of their experience with Hitman games. So, yeah, I am pretty excited. What I'm thinking of, is this going to be just an entirely new character? Is it going to be that? Is I Because I don't suspect them trying to get the likenesses of like past Bond like uh, people say like a Sean Connery because he's yeah. well, he's now passed rest in yeah. peace yeah. but peace, peace, uh, peace. there is a lot of excitement there I'm kind of interested in seeing what type of set piece moments are going to be added inside this game because you better believe if it's a James Bond anything there's going to be set pieces where it's going to be extremely extravagant it's going to be crazy but uh, honestly I'm, I'm kind of excited for this I'm cautiously optimistic about it <laughs> yeah oh yeah definitely you know it's definitely it's always a gamble to sign a licensing deal with uh with, with companies especially with big big um ips out there like we, we see it all the time with like you know you're under a deadline you got like you know like fast and furious crossroads or uh even like some like the star wars games like with ea it's just like you know it's tough to handle well hopefully they have a good um, deal worked out where they're not rushed and they have proper time to make a, a good one because it's like man back back in like the the GameCube and PS2 day like there was actually a couple of pretty good like they're always hit and miss they were like great I'm not like I'm not gonna say like the like best case scenario they're eights out of tens but like like Nightfire was a really good uh, game I played on the game I played a shit ton of on GameCube um, I wasn't really much of a Goldeneye fan like I. Remember playing it when it came out, but I was just like, and it was it was definitely fun, but I never really got into it as much as a lot of other people did. Uh, not- yeah, it was kind of the same thing with me to where I played Goldeneye as a kid with uh, some of my family members, my older brothers were playing. We would play a little bit of multiplayer and stuff. My brothers would get pissed off because I would pick the odd job and they would hardly be able to shoot odd job. But uh, <laughs> my other experience with James Bond stuff, I mean. The other types of experience I can think of now is this past year because I got the game Agent Under Fire and I was playing that for the PS2 and I was like, mm. holy shit, this actually, it wasn't so bad. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that one being good too. about that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's just like, I don't know. It's just like, I would like to come out and it's actually like a really good game. Like I, I definitely, like I yeah. am a fan of James Bond uh, growing up, like being, like, I obviously I missed the heydays. Of the, of the early ones but like growing up like I was of the age where like the Pierce Brosnan ones were like I kind of age well with the games where it's like and Pierce Brosnan was not actually really good movies but when you're a kid 
they were actually really good. Like you enjoyed you enjoyed them quite a bit. Well, yeah, because um, that'd be the first exposure that you would have at that point. Yeah, and it's like you know we're young and dumb, so it's just like ah, oh, it's an action movie. It's fun, uh, and we enjoy it. We don't really worry about you know. And then you know Christmas comes twice a year in uh, James Bond, um, and then um, I like the and then kind of growing up, and then you get the Daniel Craig ones. And it's like kind of age well with us in that one too, where it's just like oh man, like you're a little smarter. You know, you you enjoy movies differently than you did. Uh, you know, when you're a teenager, at, or, you know, yes. you know, young, you know, before a teenager and then teenage years. And then it's like right when I'm getting like becoming an adult and it's like Daniel Craig comes out with Casino Royale. And it's just like, oh, this movie is legitimately really good. And, you know, Quan Souls was, was still pretty good. I think it, it it's not as bad as people say, but it's still good. Um, and I, I've enjoyed the Daniel Craig ones quite a bit. So it's like, um, yeah, so I would love, love, love to have a, a good James Bond game come out uh, i hope i hope this actually comes out and it's good um i know it's probably quite a ways off but uh it's awesome news. like i said i don't know who could have done who can do a good james bond um better than maybe io interactive because i mean you could argue that hitman is just a really goofy james bond so like Very if they true. can find a way of like bringing him and they're going to make it in the same engine as uh the hitman game so if they can find a way to kind of tie you know what what they do well into a James Bond game, then I think this game will be just fine. Um, For the love of God, keep it a first-person shooter. <laughs> yeah, well, no, isn't Hitman third third person though? Well, Hitman is a third-person shooter though, yeah. but traditionally, I'd like to have like a first-person shooter James Bond game. Yeah, I can see that. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't think. I think it's gonna be its own thing. I don't think it's gonna be tied to the movies or any of the characters. I think, especially right. being an origin story, it's like I think it'd be like they should just. If this is a multi-project thing, which we don't know if it is, but if they do, like it'd probably be best to be its own side thing and not tie into the movies at all. Um, but moving on to our very last topic here, uh, so the Game Awards uh, are some of that's coming up. I think on was it December sixth? I want to say I'm not sure. Oh shit! <laughs> it's coming up soon. Um, December tenth. I'm sorry. So Thursday, December tenth. Okay. okay, good, good. <laughs> yeah. So we got yeah we're about two weeks away. Um, a little more, uh, but, um, anyways, uh, the nominees came out for all of the, uh, awards, uh, including the, uh, big one here, the game of the year award nominees. So, uh, most, all the other categories have five, but the game awards of the game of the year always has six. So that was kind of interesting. Some of the, uh, look at some of the, the titles, but, uh, I thought we, we go through really quick, um, like not what we would vote for, but what we think would win for right. each topic. So we got to think of it like that things. I'm, I'm not going to do every single one. Cause there's a lot of them like esports related and stuff like that. Let me scroll down. Here we go. So best multiplayer, uh, we have animal crossing among us, call of duty, Warzone, fall guys, Valorant. My vote. If I'm you know looking at this, I'm thinking among us is going to win. What about you? I feel like the Animal Crossing is going to be winning that, and only because of the fact that how influential that game has been as a whole since its release. Among Us is pretty much sparred in the popularity because of the YouTube community getting that couple-year-old game out of like the obscurity and actually making it worthwhile and having it be like a fun experience. Because now people know the full potential of what that game is, and it's prompted its actual creator to make downloadable content for it. Mm. <laughs> 
but I feel like Animal Crossing has the better shot of winning that award, only because okay. of how the multiplayer is structured and how when COVID stuff first started going through, that was the game that people bought in mass alongside Switches. So I feel that's the multiplayer game of the year. Okay, I uh, I think among uh, so Among Us and Fall Guys are on here, and Among, uh, Fall Guys came out in September. Among Us kind of blew up a little bit around that same time. So I feel like those games maybe have an edge just because it's so recent. Like the right. votes just happened at the uh, like about a week or two ago. So maybe those games being fresh in everybody's minds, that's what's gonna kinda of make it put it over the edge. Next up we have the best sports slash racing game. Uh Dirt Five, F one twenty twenty. you know, I might just skip this one because um it's it's Tony Hawk, NBA two K, FIFA, F one twenty twenty, Dirt Five. I think we're I think I feel pretty confident saying I think it's gonna be Tony Hawk. What about you? I feel like it's confident that there's no question it's going to be Tony Hawk. Yeah, you have a lot of retread sports games and then a couple of racing games that are like didn't really blow anybody's socks off. So I feel like yeah, I think I, I think it's yeah, I think we're pretty good at saying uh Tony Hawk. I'm going to scroll some of these cuz some of these it's just uh best family. Here we go. Uh best family game. Animal Crossing, Crash Bandicoot 4, Ball Guys, Mario Kart Live Home Circuit. Minecraft Dungeons, Paper Mario, Origami King. I think that's easily got to be Animal Crossing, right? Yeah, I kind of feel like that's going to be Animal Crossing as well. Yeah, I, I, I think Fall Guys has a shot, but I don't think it's going to win. No, I don't think so either. And even though Mario Kart Live stuff is out and about, it's it's not going to... I kind of feel like that it's not strong enough to where it could potentially contend with what Animal Crossing is as a family-friendly game. Yeah, I, I, that definitely feels like it was... It helped because it came out so late, and yeah, I, I like that game. That has it's like it sells well, but I don't think it's gonna have the buzz behind it. Um, so next up here, this one's probably more for you. Best fighting game: uh, Grand Blue Fantasy Versus, Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimate, Street Fighter Five Champion Edition, One Punch Man, A Hero Nobody Knows, and Under Night in Birth X Late. I kind of feel like that this is going to be a big competition between Street Fighter V and MK11 Ultimate. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. Honestly, I feel like there's going to be an upset, and I feel like that Mortal Kombat Ultimate is going to take it, only because of the new DLC stuff has been fairly consistent in regards to the player reaction to it, especially with the DLC characters, say, like, not just Terminator, but also Rambo. Rambo, that's yeah. one of those other ones. RoboCop. This is like a 80s kid's wet dream, kind of. Because yes. it's like you have all these characters that were instrumental in 80s action films. From Arnold Schwarzenegger with the Terminator. You had RoboCop. You have Rambo and stuff. <laughs> Sylvester Stallone voicing Rambo in this game, mind you. A 70-something-year-old freaking Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. Still going at it, voicing Rambo, man. But uh, I feel like that's got the best shot in winning fighting game of the year. Even though Street Fighter Five, it has its champion, it has its like its final. Uh, I feel its final definitive version. Even though it's got DLC another year from now, I don't feel it's as strong as opposed to MK11 Ultimate. So I kind of feel like that's going to be taking the cake. Okay. Yeah. I I, I think. Uh, Mortal Kombat 11 will probably win because it had the Aftermath DLC also earlier this year. So Yeah. Okay, that's a lot, a lot more of the newness. Um, moving on here to best role-playing game. Um, Final Fantasy VII Remake, 
Genshin Impact, Persona 5 Royale, uh, Wasteland 3, and Yakuza Like a Dragon. I feel like it's a two. I think I really feel like this is like a two man race. I think Yakuza Like a Dragon, it's going to get hurt a little bit because it came out literally the week. Uh, I think, like, I think, well, I think people, so if you look at vote on this, are a lot of the, uh, the like reviewing sites. So oh, like IGN, yeah. GameSpot, uh, Easy Allies, What Good Games, Kind of Funny, um, Venture B, a few other ones. Like there, I think there's like, like about 20 different sites that do like, they each pick five, and but they don't put them in order, and they they tally them through there, and I feel like Yakuza Like a Dragon, uh, just being nominated right now honestly is is a big for them just because, um, it literally came out. Uh, I mean obviously a lot of people they get codes early so that helps, but it's a game that probably they had a week or so to play, like they, they even talked about like uh, when they had a vote uh, for a cup uh, Jeff Grubb who I, I was talking about and yes. um, really enjoy him. He he kind of he, he he's not so much anti game awards like he enjoys them but he talked about like he, this year kind of sucks because like uh, like two or three days after everybody got the Miles Morales code they had a vote for their nominees so it's like like there's a lot of big games that get released right when they have to vote unfortunately so it's like this one he said this one feels kind of incomplete because of that and I feel like Yakuza like a dragon making the list is a big achievement for them. Uh, but I think that's I mean, being released so late because it, it was a Xbox Series X launch game. Uh, it's going to hurt it. But I feel like this is a two-man race really between uh, Final Fantasy VII and Persona 5 Royal. But I feel like Persona 5 Royal is a it's, it's an expansion. I mean, there's, they just add a bunch of content to a game from 2017. Final Fantasy VII Remake not only, I think, blew away expectations, but also is a game that it's, it's a remake of one of the most beloved games of all time. 20-some years of build-up. So I feel like Final Fantasy VII Remake is going to win that win this one. What about you? To be perfectly honest with you, yeah, I do agree with you. It's definitely a two-man race in this case and scenario. Final Fantasy VII Remake, Persona 5 Royal, both releasing nearly around the same time. Actually, actually a couple weeks apart, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, as far as what the gaming media has gone through, they have gone over the moon with Final Fantasy VII Remake. They have done a lot of stuff to make sure this game is receiving of great accolades in terms of like awards in terms of great reviews and stuff this is definitely final fantasy 7 remake is definitely going to take this one yeah i i I think it'd be a much different argument if the persona 5 this was persona 5's like release year and it didn't it didn't have its own you know the persona 5 didn't come out a few years ago this was like its first time coming out I definitely feel like this argument would be much different. What's um, interesting to note, though, is inside of this release and stuff for RPG stuff, Final, I mean, Persona 5 Royal is a game that released... Actually, no, Persona 5 in general was a game that released in 2017. It's re-released here with the additional content for the Royal Edition. You know, it's basically a three-year-old game with mm-hmm. added DLC inside of the complete package. Yeah. What I'm more so interested in is why another game wasn't added to this, you know, in terms of overall. Because if that was the case, then a game like, say, Xenoblade Chronicles could have easily have been nominated in this yeah. regards, too. I wish that we were, like, were able to see the, uh, like, the numbers, the votes, because at the end. Yeah. But I definitely feel like that's, some of that has to do with the fact, I mean, it's, it's, it's human. We definitely all get, like, sucked into those late game. When we do our Game of the Year awards, like, I sometimes, like, have to like you have that recency bias in your mind where it's like i just play the game and it's like 
oh man i love that game but so you just played it like a week ago when it's like you're arguing with the game you played six months ago kind of thing so i think some of that has to do with that fact as well but it's like a game like genshin impact just kind of blew up about a month or so ago so i i, I think that might be the case for that too uh true and, that's also a it's a remaster of a a Wii game so maybe that hurt it as well but um yeah um moving on though to best action adventure game uh we have Assassin's Creed Valhalla Ghost of Tsushima uh Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales Ori and the Will of the Wisp Star Wars Je- uh, Jedi Fallen Order uh and that game is uh uh eligible to be voted because it came out after the deadline uh, last year so that's why it's eligible this year much like smash Bros. uh ultimate was a game of the year nominee last year even though it came out in 2018 because it was came out after uh the the cutoff and then last but not least last was part two so um this one's really tough there's six really good games here but i think what's going to happen here and you, you always see this when like i i, I hate i really don't like these kind of categories because it's like if Say, let's just say hypothetically, Ori wins game of the year, but it doesn't win best action adventure game. That doesn't really make a lot of sense. But you talk about like uh, Greg Miller has talked about this a lot. And I've noticed when I was even as a kid, like having subscriptions like Nintendo Power and uh, Game Informer, where it's like, all right, well, we're going to like they even talked about like Greg Miller talks about like when IGN, when they would vote on who won, it's like, all right, so this game's going to win game of the year. So we'll give action. It's an action adventure game. It's like, let's just say hypothetically, okay, like they're voting. It's like, like I just said, well, Ori's going to win game of the year, so we're going to give it to Ghost of Tsushima for best action adventure because that way like, everybody wins something kind of thing. And I feel like, I even like, like reading Nintendo Power, like I said, when I was a kid, it's like, Zelda won game of the year, but something else won best action adventure. That doesn't really make a lot of sense. Um, and I think that's what's going to happen here. And typically you see that, not all the time, it's not 100%, but typically you see that. I feel like that's the way a lot of people go, where it's like, all right, well, we're going to vote for this for game of the year. So we're going to vote for something else for this other category. So I feel like, you know, I think there's two games here that are in the game of the, yeah. So Goshima last of us are in the game, uh, game of the year argument. I feel like though, um, this is, this is a good one. I, I guess maybe miles Morales will have a nice, uh, cause after the, uh, nominees are re- announced then they actually do, they vote and they rank them each, um, uh, a website that actually nominates them. And I think fan votes get 50% of the vote as well. Um, so miles Morales could have a good shot here, I think, but I'm actually going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with Ori. I think Ori's going to win action adventure. What about you? Here's what I feel. I feel like in terms of what the gaming media is going to go through and do, how, what these guys are going to go for and vote for. They, I, Honestly, would be shocked if, say, Spider-Man Miles Morales wins this category. I feel like Ghost of Tsushima is going to take this category, and then Last of Us Part Two will be the darling that wins plenty of awards, especially yeah. the Game of the Year stuff. That's how I feel like it's going to go. Yeah, I, I feel of how much glowing praise it's been getting from the gaming media this year. Yeah, I feel like yeah, I definitely think Last of Us Part Two is probably going to be the game that probably wins the most awards. You usually see that uh, in most award shows, but. Especially like in game, like but I don't really watch these, but it's like it's like Lord of the Ring won fourteen Academy Awards, you know, kind of shit. It's like okay, yeah, yeah, it's that kind of stuff. Um, moving on here to bet, but I feel like yeah, Axe Adventure is definitely a toss up. Six really good games there, uh, reviewed really well. People seem to love them that play them, um, and you can make a really good argument for all six. But uh, best action game, so we have Doom Eternal, Hades, Half Life, Alex, Neo Two, 
and Street, Streets of Rage 4. Uh, love the fact Streets of Rage 4 is nominated. Mm. Don't think it has a chance of hell winning. Uh, I think Best Action, that's tough because I can see, like, it's hard to say because, like, Half-Life Alex, neither one of us played it. Not really in my wheelhouse of a game I'm going to play. Right. But I, I, I could see Half-Life, Hades, and Doom Eternal all have a good argument. But I'm going to go to Hades because that game, people seem, I, I love that game. That's a great, great game. And I, and the news media also seem to love that game. And people, like, just in general, like, love that game. So I, I think it's going to be Hades overall. What about you? Yeah, I kind of feel like Hades will definitely take that crown in this category. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like Half Life Alex it, it maybe should win possibly, but it's just it's hard to play because you have to buy the Steam VR system and also buy the game. It's just stuff to get into. Um, scrolling through here, not gonna talk about that. I'm not gonna go through all of these. Uh, no, best indie game. Okay, right. uh, Carrion, which was a uh, it's actually on Game Pass. It's a game I would want to check out. Fall Guys. Hades, Spelunky 2, Spitfire. So um, all games got good praise behind it. Uh, all did reviewed well, but I think the big three out of this is Fall Guys, Hades, and Spelunky 2. What are you thinking for these? It's going to be Hades. I feel like for best indie game and stuff, the best quality game, especially that has received a lot of great reviews, is going to be first and foremost. Fall Guys, I would say the close second, only because the game is was popular for a long while when it first released and it was basically a month until among us surged through popularity stuff. Yeah. So I feel like Hades is the consistent choice right here. I feel like it's going to get at least multiple rewards throughout that night. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, we were talking about like last of us possibly being the one that takes the cake as far as like most awards, but I could see Hades stealing a lot of those, those, uh, you know, those where it's kind of like, uh, you know, like the presidential election where it's like, they're just taking a lot of those small counties, the small the small states, and it adds up a lot. And I feel like Hades could be that game where it's just like it's taken it took this award, took that award, took that award. And maybe it doesn't win I don't think it's gonna win the grand prize at the end, but I feel like it's uh it's gonna do really, really well. And there's literally so. But uh, um I think I'm gonna go Hades. I think Fall Guys is definitely I think it's 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 a close second. Uh but like you said, like it, Fall Guys like it was cool for a little bit. It was fun. I don't think it capitalized very well on the success of it, and it, no. I mean it's still doing extremely well. Don't get me wrong, but it's like I think the mass, the vast majority of people um, have kind of Among Us. Yeah, I think Among Us kind of stole yeah, its thunder. I think it's great point. Among Us kind of came out and stole its thunder, and you know, like Warzone is new seasons, and Fortnite had its new season with all the Marvel stuff, uh, and it's just. Then Hades came out. It's like then new consoles. It's just it got buried, and, yep. but I mean it's still doing extremely well though and all that. Um, ooh, this is a good one here. Best performance we have Ashley Johnson as Ellie, Laura Bailey as Abby. Uh, I'm gonna guess Dasaki Taju Taju Tajui as Jin Sakai from Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, Logan Cunningham as Hades from Hades, and then Naji uh, Jeter as Miles Morales from Spider Man Miles Morales. Who do you think? I think it's probably going to be Nigeria and stuff from Miles Morales. I, I feel like that's going to be the hit that's going to be out of left field that they're going to vote for, personally. I feel. I look at this, and it's like, you know, like, they always have, like, the Cy Young in baseball where they vote for the best pitcher. Oh, yeah. And there's, like, there's like there's five finalists, but there's two teammates. And, like, everybody always talks about it. And then you see a lot of times where it's, like, these two teammates are probably the 
two of the three most deserving, but those two guys are going to split a lot of votes, and the yep. third guy is going to win because they split the votes. Yep. And I look at Laura Bailey as Abby and Ashley Johnson as Ellie, two of the greatest voice acting jobs I've ever seen in Game Mind ever. Like, fucking killed it. And I feel like both of those are very deserving. I love, like, either one of those, like, I can't, I, I voted in these already for my picks. Personally, I'm not going to say them because uh, I, you know, I want to. That's fine. But, you know, okay, I'll say for the, the game of the game of the year. I won't say for this. I did vote for Laura Bailey, but it was close for uh, for Abby over Ashley Johnson as Ellie. Uh, but it was close and um, still feel good about it. You can ask me any minute in my every minute. My my vote will probably change. Uh, right. But I, I could see one of the other three taking it because. I think Laura and Ashley will split the vote so much. With, with I see. They almost did too much of a good job that uh, in the same game, not only in the same year, but in the same fucking game that I could see either one of these guys winning the uh, the award because of that. Um, but in so, terms of that good and quality and stuff, they may have split it down the middle exactly to where you have someone, like say Nigeria with Miles Morales. Now, and that's what I'm thinking is like, that's yeah, that's like, what I feel I like could take that. <laughs> yeah. In the end, I'm going to say one of the, one of the women from the, uh, from last of us part two wins it. One of the two, I'll say I Laura. I, I'll, I I'll, it's I'll probably going to be Laura Bailey personally when it comes yeah. to Abby, what I think goes overall, but I kind of feel like, yes, Laura Bailey has the best shot, but I feel like that Nigeria is going to, Take that, yeah. All left field. <laughs> I feel like I don't. I feel like if anybody's gonna take it, that's not those two girls. It'll be uh, not. It'll be Najee. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, Logan Cunningham did a great job as Hades. Uh, I didn't really care too much for Jen Sakai. Like he did a good job, but I, like the character overall didn't blow me away. It was standard. It wasn't like say above and beyond yeah. performance or something uh, like that. But it's definitely it's fine. It's yeah, passable in my opinion. But. I mean, maybe it's because I have Miles Morales fresh in my mind, but he fucking killed that that game and as and as a voice actor. And I hope he gets more acting jobs. Maybe he has more out there I don't know about, but um, he has that. I don't know how old this guy is, but you know he plays a kid in this game, so that kid's got a bright future. But God knows he could yeah. be forty for all we know. But uh, I, I I feel like in the end, one of the uh, Laura Ashley is going to steal it, and it'd be well deserved. But I wouldn't be surprised if if one of the other guys takes it. Um, Moving on here. Oh, this could be a good one here. Best score in music. And this one was hard for me. This one was really hard. We got Doom Eternal, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Hades, Ori and the Will of the Wisp, and Last of Us Part Two. All of which had really good. I played all I played four of these five. I didn't play Will, Will of the Wisp, but I know the music from Will of the Wisp. I love the music from Will of the Wisp. Uh from you know, they they always focus on the music, even at the E3 presentations. Um, even just playing the playing the original Ori in the uh, Ori um, Ori game, uh, I'm so I'm gonna go Ori when the Will of West. But my personal pick would be Hades because I love Darren Corb. He does a fantastic job, and all and super all Super Giants games. What about you? That's a tough one. Not having played a lot of them and having maybe having some experience, say playing the Last of Us Part Two, I am not really too sure in regards to what's it immediate would pick. I mean, obviously the first thing I would think that a lot of the gamer, like, but the judges and stuff are going to probably pick is probably last of us part two. Yeah. Well, Gustavo is fantastic. The music in last of us is also great. Sorry to cut you off though. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. It's no problem. 
I feel like that what initially is going to be voted on is probably going to be Final Fantasy VII Remake. <laughs> That's how I kind of feel in that hmm. regards from that. But uh, it's more or less like classic stuff. I could see that potentially getting the nods for soundtrack, like for music. But obviously, Ori does have a great shot with this thing too. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I think personally, Final Fantasy VII was like, is it the one I, like, I can play the music in my head, music in my head from all from the other four games right now. And like I said, I haven't even played Ori and the Will of Wisp, but I know I, I know the music from the other four. And Final Fantasy VII, I put forty something hours into. And I couldn't tell you the music from that game. Um, not saying it's bad; it's just that stuck out to me. But uh, you know, obviously, Doom Eternal, uh, Mick Gordon, fantastic at what he does. Um, yeah, I feel like that's gonna be a really close race. Uh, moving on, best narrative. So it's best story uh, in a game. So I don't even know what this game is. Thirteen Sent- Sentinels, uh, Aegis Rim, um, Final Fantasy VII. Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, Last of Us Part 2. That's got to be Last of Us, right? Honestly, I feel like that they're going to go all for Last of Us Part 2 for best story. Yeah. And, yeah, like, I just looking at it, I don't, I don't think anybody was, like, necessarily blown away by the, the Ghost of Tsushima storyline. Not that it was bad, but I, I don't think it, like, blew anybody away. I think it was good, but I don't think it's, like, you know, it's definitely not the, the best story. It's not, it's one of those storylines, I, I think, stories that we're not going to, you know, like, we're going to be, like, talking about long. 10 years from now at the end at, at next generation we're not gonna go like remember how great that story was i don't think we're gonna have that hades i think the characters in that game was really good the, the story is whatever uh i mean the story i should say whatever the story is good it's an interesting story but the characters in that game is what's great um if that you know and i think the same with final Fantasy seven i think the story is actually it's probably my second favorite story of the five from a personal standpoint yeah but i, I feel like last of us is going to run away with that with that uh category Right, I feel like that the amount of dark subjects that storyline does go through, that whole narrative stuff goes through the entirety for the like uh, Last of Us Part Two is heavily going to be why most of the gaming critics and judges are going to go and vote for the storytelling narrative. I know that how polarizing a lot of that storytelling elements and stuff inside that game is probably a lot of the reason why it's probably going to get those votes, but. At the same point, in comparison to, say, the other games that have released this year, a lot of their storylines, from what I've understood, is kind of like, a, you know, kind of uh, safe in that regards mm. to the actual, kind of like the status, not just the status quo, but just like the, the average of a story of storytelling in that regards. For Ghost of Tsushima, you know, it's like a re- kind of like a revenge story and stuff like that for gene going through and doing all this and stuff trying to save his uncle and then do this and do that i haven't played through the entirety of that game or any of the other ones i do know the story and the telling stuff like that for the last of us part two because even though i have played a fair amount of it and i have not even got to the abbey portions of this stupid game yet (laughs) i've already know that uh how dark foreboding and everything else in this game quintessentially last was part two it's even though there are elements of this game that's great, you know, it's misery the game, and it does reflect yeah. inside of the storytelling. That's a great and, way of putting it. Dude, I kid you not, unlike other types of games that I have played, never have I played a game where I am just loathing the fact that I can go through and try to play it, even though there's some parts of it that are fantastic. It is very polarizing with that, and that's I kind of feel like the storytelling in that game is going to be the cause of 
of why a lot of the gamer people, like the gamer judges and that, are going to vote that for the best storytelling stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and then moving on to our very last one here, Game of the Year. So we have six games. Doom Eternal, Final Fantasy VII Remake, uh, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, Animal Crossing New Horizon, and Last of Us Part Two. Before we get to our what we think will win, what are your thoughts on that six? All right. All right. Let's see here. Tyler, please repeat okay. the, the list um, again. If you want me to, I could do a little. I could do a little go behind the scenes here. I'll do a little screen share for you. Okay. I'll do that. Yeah, I, I lost my train of thought. Again. You're fine. <laughs> so there you go. But yeah. So for people listening, we have Doom Eternal, Final Fantasy VII, Ghost of Tsushima, uh, Hades, Animal Crossing, and then Last of Us Part Two. To be perfectly honest with you, I don't see. Let's see. I don't. I do not see Doom Eternal getting Game of the Year. Yeah. Final Fantasy VII remake. I feel like is definitely like having a shot because of how successful the game not only did. Also, it's Ghost of Tsushima. You know that definitely is along there as well. When I could adequately say, out of all these games that are qualified for Game of the Year. The ones that were sold out and profited a lot in terms of their actual game sales. Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Animal Crossing New Horizons. I feel like these games right here, even like with Hades, all of these in this regards, I feel, are individually earning, like deserving of Game of the Year status in regards to any other types of year. Even though this 2020 has been crazy. Not only with game releases, not only with just like how everything else has been going on in and of itself. I know The Last of Us Part Two. people are going to be, I know the, you know, the whole gaming critics are going to probably vote for this for Game of the Year. But in my honest opinion, the one game I feel like that should deserve that Game of the Year for this set, I kind of feel should be, and I know people are going to give me flack for this, it should be Animal Crossing New Horizons. The reason why I say that is because even in regards to how much bleak, how much like fear, how much uncertainty and this times in the United States and everywhere else around the world with the COVID-19 stuff, this was the game that systematically united everybody <laughs> in terms of the gaming community. Two games released that day, Doom Eternal, one of the Game of the Year contenders, and Animal Crossing New Horizons. Nobody... Even like after a week or two, remembers Doom Eternal. Everybody yeah. that has a Switch or wants to get a Switch is getting Animal Crossing New Horizons. And it's one of the most non-threatening games to come out inside this year. People love Animal Crossing for a reason. And it's distracting from the real world and it's distracting of anything else. And all you're doing is going through paying on your house, planting trees, doing this and doing that, communicating with other people. I feel that is the game of the year for 2020. All the other games on here, they have their fantastic moments. The Last of Us Part Two has fantastic gameplay, in my honest opinion. I may have my quibs with it, but in terms of like the upgrade system, in terms of like the workbench stuff with improving weapons, even in terms of accessibility, in terms of how you can manipulate the difficulty, how you can manipulate like how you can see for options if like say you're colorblind or something that's fantastic too hades 
great game in regards to his action stuff. Ghost of Tsushima, it's fantastic to explore that world because you are doing all sorts of various stuff and feel like it feels like an organic experience to where you could be exploring the countryside. Next minute, you could be like writing a haiku. You can go through and do all sorts of various, like exploring a fox dens. You could take out a whole squad of Mongolian, Mongolian guys and stuff like that and try to earn certain things. You can customize, you know, it's, that's awesome in that regards. Final Fantasy VII Remake, that's something the gamers have wanted for years. They've wanted it ever since that tech demo for the PlayStation 3. That in and of itself, I've only played a little bit of the demo. I still have yet to play that. I know it's a crime, but at the same time, that's a fantastic game. Doom Eternal, I've played some bit of it. It's a fun game. I do not feel like it's as strong as Doom 2016. I feel like in aspects, the gameplay, the game itself feels... There are some parts I feel like it's bloated, too long. The soundtrack is not as good, even as the original, like Doom 2016, even though it's still great in that regard. It's still Doom. You're still doing that stuff. But overall, I feel like Animal Crossing New Horizons deserves Game of the Year. Even though I don't feel like it will get to Game of the Year. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm kind of with you on that. I feel like looking at this list, like, like every year they they usually have six for for game of the year. Like even last year they had six. I, I was actually just googling the nominees for last year. You had Sek- Sekiro, Control, Resident Evil Two, Smash Bros Ultimate, Death Stranding, Outer Worlds, and oh remember last year that was like that was the most we always talk about. Last year was I think a lot of people agree was was a pretty down year uh, for gaming. Not a bad year, but it was down year. Um, and that was a total crapshoot. And I mean, you would ask me. I remember last year discussing. I thought Control was going to win, and stunned went Sekiro. Not upset, just stunned that Sekiro won it. Uh, I didn't really have a horse in the race for that one. Uh, but I look at this one, and I th- th- we, this year is a very strong year. It's a very very good year. Uh, and I look at you know these top six. Doom Eternal is definitely the outlier in this. I feel like yes, where it's like I I you know I was more hyped for. Arguably, almost as hyped for Doom Eternal as I was for Last of Us Part Two, going into this year. Like, I mean, Last of Us Part Two was my most anticipated game for this year, going into it, no doubt. But Doom Eternal, a very close second, and it came out and maybe, you know, like Last of Us Part Two lived one of the most anticipated games of my entire life, lived up to the expectations, blew it away. Doom Eternal, like, very excited for it. I mean, hyped for this game just just as a fun. You know, game to look forward to. I had a blast with 2016. Had a blast with Wolfenstein 2, where it basically just was Doom gameplay, but in Wolfenstein world, and it was alright. It's fine. You know, it, it it was really disappointing overall, and it just but it came out. It was fine. Uh, and like I enjoyed it at the time, but I was like after after like three quarters, I was ready for it to be over. Uh, and that's just my personal feelings. But I feel like that was the case for a lot of people, where it's like that game reviewed well at the time, but it felt like after like very quickly afterwards, it's just like. Oh yeah, maybe that game wasn't really that good. Oh man, yeah. maybe like I already just forgot about it. Just for just forgot it existed. So that game was like I don't know what that sixth game should be. Maybe it's Fall Guys. Maybe it's Among Us. Maybe it's something that just came out. I don't know. Who knows? Uh maybe if in a different world if we didn't have all these great games coming out in mid November, um, it would have something one of those games had a shot. Uh but I look at the other five. Final Fantasy 7, Ghost of Shima, Hades, Animal Crossing, Last of Us. Ghost definitely probably deserves to be in that 
uh, just based off of overall Absolutely. feelings, and even still, especially with just the um, ex- with the DLC they released for free uh, in the last month or so. Um, All the multiplayer stuff. I mean, people yeah. are going gaga over this damn yeah. multiplayer. It's supposed to be fantastic. Yeah. So it's not only a game that reviewed really well, and people a lot of people liked. Um, people are it's still ongoing. People are enjoying that game, and it's still holding up. So I'm not. I, I definitely don't think it's gonna win. It's. De- I, I feel. I look at this. I, I think Final Fantasy VII. It definitely probably deserves to be ranked. Uh, not only was it how high, highly anticipated it was, but also how much people seem to love it uh, when it came out. Uh, but I look at this. It's a three. It's a three man race. I look at Hades, Animal Crossing, Last of Us Part Two. Um, Animal Crossing probably the the most joy. Like I said, it's an escape from 2020. Last of Us Part Two, right. 2020, the video game. Uh, <laughs> no shit. Best way to put it. <laughs> uh, uh, then we have we have Hades um, that blew people away. I know it's been out in early access for about a, for about a year now, but yeah, I, finally coming out uh, in beginning of September and just surprising people, blowing. It. And then it was like one of those games like it had some buzz around it. It was definitely like it was big enough that like Nintendo uh, Nintendo led a Nintendo Direct with it and about it being shadow dropped. And it was big enough it already had a decent art like buzz around it, but it kinda was really a groundswell of support for like like I was a game I was like even for me, like I don't like road likes, but I mean that game hooked me in, hooked it hooked hooks into me. Um and it just had a as a groundswell. Like something you don't see too too often in gaming anymore. Like Among Us had that but it had help from a very yeah. popular Twitch streamer. But I mean, it was awesome to see that. Like, you don't see very, few, very rarely does a game come out of nowhere, kind of thing. And like Hades, I don't, I don't want to say it came out of nowhere, but it, about as close as you can come to for coming out of nowhere. Where it's just like this, it was a small definitely. indie game and just blew up, yes. and everybody was playing it. Um, Absolutely, yeah, which was awesome to see. Uh, I look at that, and also it's the newest of the three from a technical release standpoint. Uh, but I, in the end, um, I think it's going to be Last of Us Part Two. Yeah, I, I feel like that. I mean, this is one of those years where I feel like this is. You look at some of the past years, um, and this one feels like one of the more up, open and shut cases for me. But I, I, I mean, if Animal Crossing or Hades wins it, I won't be stunned. But I feel like uh, I feel Honestly, pretty confident. I, I kind of feel like Hades is kind of like the underdog in this whole game of the year stuff. Yeah, it's definitely the indie game darling, which you usually have about one a year. Like Celeste was nominated oh, two years yeah. ago. Um, and got a war ended up winning that one. Um, but right. I, know, I know there's been other ones in the past, too. I can't think of you off the top of my head. I'm sure if I looked at it, I looked at the list. I'd, I'll tell you, you what, man. Plenty. I'll tell you what, Tyler. In compared to Game Awards of the past and stuff, this has got to be one of the strongest I've seen for Game of the Year. Yeah, 2017's up there. Yeah. Um, but I I feel like I'm going to look at 2017 again. I know Breath of the Wild won. Uh, yeah, I could we definitely had... see like about... Okay. Four or five games here that could potentially take game of the year and people would be satisfied with it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to find the I want to look at twenty seventeen here. Awards. Alright. Alright, so here it is Game of the Year for twenty seventeen. Obviously Breath of the Wild. Nominated Persona Five. Uh yeah. PUBG, which I forgot that game came out. Horizon Zero Dawn and then Mario Odyssey. So they only had one, two, three, four, I guess there were six there. No, wait, only five. Five games that year. So, um, yeah. I mean, really, really good year that that year. So, I'll tell you something. So, yeah, I think it's up there. 
um, it's you can are you can really well put those five against these six minus two internal. Um, so yeah, uh, really, I, I'm really excited for this one. I'm excited to see. Obviously, I always look forward to get the, the game awards and yeah. what's gonna happen there. So I can't wait for December 10th. It's gonna be a good time. It's gonna be fun to see kind of the big surprises. It's gonna be the last hurrah, I think, until probably mid January. Uh, like big news to come out, so can't wait. But uh, Gables, I think that's gonna wrap it up for this week. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, if you want to hear more from us, we are on everything: Facebook, there's a page and group, Twitter, YouTube, iTunes, every any subscription uh, podcast service out there. We're on YouTube, Twitch.tv. We're on all of them. Like, follow, subscribe, five stars, comment, review, whatever you can do to help us out. We really would share. Whatever you can do, we really would appreciate it. Retweet, whatever. Uh, it all helps us out really, really well. So appreciate you guys appreciate you guys listening. I was host, I was Tyler. And I've been Colonel Gables. Until next time, everyone, have yourself a fun week. Make sure you wear your masks and stuff and you know, do everything else to make sure you're happy and healthy. But most importantly of all, thank you for listening to another episode of the Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast. Hey Gables. Yep. Too sweet. Bye, guys. beers there anyways we're on itunes now so go on there check us out and if you like us leave us a review and we'll even shout you out and jack will send you his credit card number